Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Milsey, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast, and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app, and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC, and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to episode 44 of Across the Park podcast. Myself, Milsey, delighted to be joined by fellow Blue Craig and the two Reds, Gary and Phil, this week. We're going to dissect the Merseyside derby, talk about a few news stories that are in the press this week, mainly Everton ones. It's gone quiet for Liverpool. We've also got two games to preview as well. Liverpool versus Crystal Palace and the Mighty Blues going away to Norwich, both on Wednesday. First oh, the all, Mighty Blues, now you've got a nil-nil. Tell you what, <laughs> Judge, you may not be biased, but I am. <laughs> Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start. Let's start with the Merseyside derby and, and the visual of the derby fairs. We didn't quite know what we were going to get. Craig, it's our grounds. So let, let's start with you. What did you make of the visual? The, the banners, the flags, whatever, and did with the grounds. Well, it, it's something that all clubs are doing, and it should try and trying to get some type of um, yeah, like you say, the visual. But um, it's just a, it's a strange watch for me still. Mm. Still now, I can't like get my ears around to being not one spectator in the ground. It's just strange for me to watch the whole. The whole game just seems different, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's run at the same pace. He had one spectator, didn't one. he? That Gordon was there. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, no, Gary. Now, now. The post derby episode, not a pre derby episode. <laughs> we're not. We're not impressed with him now. I didn't get a lock in really, did he? To be fair, no. I I thought it was weird watching Liverpool come out of the uh, the porter cabin thing to, to to the sirens. It was weird. Yeah, that was yeah. proper strange. That it was all because the camera crew as well, the Sky camera crew, were just focusing on Liverpool walking on the pitch to Z cars, and my my seat was behind it in the park end, and I was getting wound up. <laughs> Show our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you make of it then? The look of Goodison. Do you think Everton's done well with that? Like trying to, you know, get away from the visual of empty seats. I think there was a, a fake crowd in the Gladys Street, wasn't there? And then a lot of banners along the family enclosure. Yeah, the park end. I, th- I thought, I thought, it, you know, it was it's a, it was better than looking at empty seats. Like, but mm. you know, it's it's never going to be the same than having actual fans there. But yeah, it's it sort of it, it didn't. I don't know. It, it, you weren't distracted by empty seats being there, and you you you, you dig more concentrate on the game because of it. But yeah, it was one of them. It's just it's just a strange feeling, and it's watching the match with no no fans there. Well, moving yeah. on to the the game itself, how much how much do you think it was affected by no crowds? I mean, looking from our point of view, I think without going too much into the game, that last 10, 15 minutes, I think with the crowd behind us, seeing you go ten yards back, I think would have helped us. From your point of view as as Reds, would you say that no crowd was effect on news? Well, I understand what you mean. The way the game went with no fans there, if you'd have had the fans there during them last 15 minutes, but I feel like it would have been harder for you to maintain your your game plan as as strictly as you did with no fans there. Because he obviously had a plan where you, you were sitting in, you were letting us have the ball, which which obviously worked, and you were going to go for it a little bit, as long as it, you were still in the game, which obviously it was nil nil. 
you were going to go for it in the last 10, 15 and try and hit us on the break and cause a few problems. And that worked perfectly. And if you just got the goals when you should have scored, then it was a perfect game After plan course. from Ancelotti. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like if you'd have had your fans there, they, they would have wanted you to be more involved in the game, wanted the ball more, want you to go forward more. And that maybe maybe might have put your, your team under a bit of pressure in terms of uh, allow, allowing you to stick to that game plan. So... I understand what you're saying by if, if the fans had been there, it might have helped us. But at the same time, I think I feel like it could have hindered us. For us, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes when we come under when we come to Goodison, it it is very hostile for us. Obviously, it's going to be it's a derby game, and you know we we tend to take a bit longer to get into the game when it's like that. And I feel like this time it, it took us maybe five, six, seven minutes to get into it. But once we did, we we, we controlled the game really in terms of possession controlled the game for, for large parts of it. So I think we allowed you to do that though, and what I mean by that is if you notice in our press, we didn't touch you until you got into certain zones, certain areas, as soon as you started, if Kaita brought the ball forward 10 yards, which he was the player who was doing it, especially in the centre, we would then press, but if it was staying with your back four, who were in our half we were letting you have it, and it was very much like we're that deep, that none of your runners are getting in behind, even our goal kicks were very much like, come and press us high because you're not getting behind us so yeah, I, th- I think I think we were hindered massively by the um, losing Salah and, and Robertson or, or not playing them in, in the game. And I think uh, what Everton, what I liked about what Everton did or didn't like about what Everton did, rather, um, you were very very compact and you forced us out wide. Um, and then because we didn't have Matt, uh, Salah out there and stuff, and we haven't really got a target man in the middle, um, like a, for crosses and stuff like that. I, I just think. It limited you, didn't it? It did, yeah. The compact, the compact nature of uh, Everton's set up there was it was the right way to go for you. Was that? Craig, was that an Italian job on them, or were Liverpool poor, or do we do a number, or do we do we do a good no, job? I on think them? I think we've got to give Ancelotti credit. You know, they're a, they're a great side, and in the position they're in, because of the the way they play, and like Phil says, we did we we um, we isolated them for you know these is after ball for larger periods, but. I think that we we isolated for 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 all of that. Um, no, I think it was a it was a job well done by Everton. And I think, like you say, the last 10, 10, 15 minutes we we you know we came into it now, and I think that's probably what we set out to do from the get go. Is that a story? Yeah. What we done there, Phil? Yesterday, I mean, I listened to your podcast last week. I wasn't on it, and you were saying that United done something similar, and that's sometimes where you do come a little bit unstuck. Is that frustrating for you to see? Where you know, obviously, you're, you're flying. You're the best team in the league, and you, you blow most teams away. But you can come unstuck if yeah. teams dig in. Yeah, it's it's like when teams dig in, we, we need that that player who can unlock the door, and we haven't really got it in the ranks. I mean, I, I read a lot about the game um, today, and loads of people are raving on Naby Keita. Um, and I think you know Naby was tidy and stuff like that. You could see his technical ability. I think he looked like a class above anyone in the midfield in terms of like what I'm talking about there. But he wasn't penetrative. He was there to be the advanced midfielder and to find them Coutinho-like passes. Um, and we haven't got anyone who can do that. Now, the Ox comes comes on. And he went on that penetrating run, didn't he, where he went past about four men and got, and got taken out. And we had a few dangerous free kicks around the box. But even he's not quite a Phil Coutinho cuteness. He's a direct... A player who sort of like goes at the heart of the defence with power, um, but he hasn't got the cuteness of, of like a, I keep saying Phil Coutinho. Um, As if you know. Of a <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're the games that Liverpool struggle with. We, we don't need like 
that, that's just gone to Chelsea. Team Werner there, he wouldn't have helped us a dicky bird last night. I don't think you know, he, he, I don't think he developed because um, there was no space in behind. And Salah goes in behind. And what I found about um, Minamino is that he, he likes to get go to the ball to show and off. He's passes, similar to Firmino, isn't he? Yeah, he is similar to Firmino. Um, yeah, but he, he doesn't he get on the shoulder and go in behind. He looks identical to Firmino to me. And I don't think you need two Firminos on the pitch, do you? No, I think he's certainly not. He, he, at the moment, I'm not. I'm not ruling it out forever, obviously. But at the moment, he certainly doesn't look like a replacement for one of the wide players, Minamino. He looks more of an attacking, attacking midfielder slash a replacement yeah. for Firmino, if anyone out of the front three. Um, but having said that, I thought he looked a neat and tidy player. You know, he he was the little movements he made and trying to get it towards into the box and the little one twos he tried with the with, with the other forwards and the players in and around him. I thought, you know, he he has got something there. He was he was like I think me and Millsy talk were talking about it before we came on here. It, he it was like he was caught in two minds a couple of times where you know, he, he was debating whether to have it. You know, we've seen him have that shot early on in the game, which went wide of the post and well wide and, and over, but I think he was caught in two minds whether he wanted to shoot or whether to try and have the little ticky-tacker passing in, in and around the box to try and work our way forward. It's just, he just, yeah, it's like he weren't comfortable yet, set, settled in the team. He needs a, he'll probably need another couple of games with the, with the same group of players to, to sort of get into it more. Um, He's getting used here, there and everywhere, though. He, he needs to be like, I'm a 10 and Klopp plays him in the 10 when he brings him on. Like, getting thrown wide left, wide right and all that, it's not fair to him. I, you know, and he, he's played with, like, uh, when he has played in the past, he's play, he hasn't played with the front the first team. And then when he does get a chance at the first team, he, he's, like, sort of out of position and that. So, you can't judge him yet, I don't think. Yeah, that. I feel the same, to be fair, but it's one of them that you've just got to base on what you've seen. And I do think he looks like he could be a decent player going forward, just not from the wide yeah. position. I didn't but think he played badly yesterday, like, I thought he was he didn't play badly. A, like steady player. Yeah, but like, it's all about relationships on the pitch, isn't it? Uh, and that relationship with with Bobby Mane and also the relationship with Trent going the other way, it, it, that, that wasn't there, that chemistry isn't there. And, and that's what Liverpool's all about. It's a well-oiled machine and you take a, a massive component out like Salah, and it kind of uh, falls apart a little bit. Craig, were you surprised by the way we started the game? I mean, I'm, I'm talking how deep we were and how sort of patient we were. I've never seen Everton play like that. I've always seen us sort of go toe-to-toe with it. In our past few managers, even Ronald, Ronald Koeman, as negative as he could be. We never played that sort of that tactical game. I was very surprised by it, and I thought it was quite risky. It did work. But there were times where we invited the high press, and I was a bit fearful. Um. No, I think he knows what he's doing. I think we'd have had to revert it to something a little bit different had he maybe gone a goal up yeah. early doors. But um, no, I, I wasn't surprised. I half expected it, to be honest, because you know they are a very quick team. They, they work really hard, Liverpool, and you know so, something's got to give. And if that's you know, defending for 50, 60, 70 minutes, then, then you've got to do it against a side like Liverpool. And then like we've seen at the end, we, we did get our chance and it, you know, unfortunate not to go in in the end. But no, I, listen, he, he knows what he's doing. Ancelotti's, you know, he's a, he's a great teacher of the game. And he's so, no, no I, I wasn't surprised, but I wasn't, you know, shocked by it at all. To be honest, I thought he, he set out to, to do a job and he'd he done it. Seen someone say on our social media on on a Twitter today. Why is anyone surprised? Carlo Ancelotti out with Jurgen Klopp. It's Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, <laughs> steady on. I think 
I think it's by, well, there's records there to be to be seen, isn't it? <laughs> I think I, 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 you know what? I, I think I on. think he got it. I think he got it, Bob. On I've just said there, I was a bit fearful yesterday, but that's because I'm not used to seeing what, what I was seeing. Where you you were camped in our half from, from, from the first yeah. half, basically, and we were inviting it on. But I think well, well if 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 they, like I say, if these are if these are if these are had an early goal, Liverpool was about to the blown us out. Yeah, we was after we was after done something else, and we was about to you know rely on Ancelotti to come up with a plan B. Uh, one time, it the one time we did get in, Craig. The, the one time we did get in the first half was with, with Charlison down that left. And it was when yeah. we did a high press. We yeah. Did a press on and broke it and we were in. So that was obviously the game. Yeah, plan, wasn't it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. And and it was well executed. And it, it was only um, only that we didn't top it off with the goal at the end. You know, I think it was a game. That ruins it, really. Yeah, for me, it was a game where very little like proper football was played. There was a lot of running, a lot of pressing, a lot of competing. But not actually much football being played, and and to me that that's how derbies go at Goodison. Like the last three derbies at Goodison have all been nil nil, haven't they? That the last the last three have been nil nil at Goodison, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, to stay with it, what I will say is I read an article um, on on your press last week. Basically, there was an article on on how Liverpool press, and apparently, what you do is you identify weak points in the opposition and who to press. Now, Craig, I don't know, you might not agree with me, you, you may do. I think Gomez got caught an awful lot yesterday. Um, yeah, he did, but I mean, he, he is playing against Keita, who is very busy, isn't he? He was playing against... Yeah, Minamino took it off him a few times, I remember, off Gomez. I didn't think Gomez yeah, was sharp at all. I, 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 I didn't think he had a poor game. Really, Gomez. I thought, thought when he had the ball, he was he was pretty good on it. But yeah, I think with the ball, caught. with the ball, yeah, he was okay. But I think he wanted a bit more time on it. it for me, it's like they identified that he was the one to, to harass and press. I, I, yeah, I, I thought I noticed it as much as you. Then I, I probably didn't notice that as much as you, Mills. I, I thought they were trying to if they were going to if they were targeting anyone, they were targeting Coleman. But I thought Coleman was just impeccable throughout the brilliant. whole game. Absolutely and, um, they, they did keep trying on that left-hand side. And he, he was just squashing everything. Well, he played a Wobi, like a right wing-back, didn't he? And, and looking at it now, he, he would have played to DB there. That's the role to DB has played a couple of times for us. And I think with Napoli at Anfield this season, I was reading that Angelotti played something very similar, a right-back and a right wing-back against Liverpool. So a Wobi was sort of... He was there to keep Robertson quiet, wasn't he? And if he's yeah. Coleman up to, to, to look at Mane. And again, let, let's move on to the second half. So it was Liverpool's half in the first half, possession-wise. Possession we had one chance with Firmino, really, and, and maybe a Trent free kick. Second half, I'm not having no arguments here. That was our game to win because, especially when Dejan Lovren came on, Hughes retreated 10 yards back and that forced us up the pitch. And we, we had two or three chances there. And I'm looking now... I'm not going to say we deserve to win because you can throw stats back at me, but I think we were very unlucky not to win based on those chances that we had. But of course, but you, you can't deny that based on the chances. I think yeah, anyone who says you deserve to win, either way, if if we if any of our fans said we deserve to win, likewise to your fans, I think they're just that's just because they've got their their own colours tinted glasses on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was it was very much a, a game that was deserved to be a draw. No one was particularly. Outshine and the other team. We 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 sort of out possession just and controlled the game a lot more. But you had the better chances. It was just one of them where the the two styles sort of sort of matched in the game, and, and it was exactly. Yeah, I out- think when you say chances, it, for me it was just it was just that one with uh, for Davis, wasn't it? I don't really remember no, any Jack other. Calvert Lewin on the back post as well, and Richarlison cut inside. One Allison saved at the near post. Yeah. 
and there's a photo going around social media that shows it shows a Wobi. He would have been clean through if if them Richardson skin loving for the second time. If he'd yeah, played the yeah. Wobi and it would have been an open goal. But I think Richardson's seen, you know, he's done the hard work and he's seen the glory. But that was like us, you know. You say about the Firmino chance in the first half. If he if he just slips that to navigator on the left, it's a it's a basically yeah. a tapping because Pickford's on the edge of a six yard box. So I think if he slips that to, to navigator to tapping at the near post, it's, it's if but and maybe he can go to the cats come on, can't he? It's one of them. What did you what? I was going to ask the the Liverpool lads what what the thoughts of was the the thoughts are on the introduction of a Lovren and and his performance. Well, the thoughts on it was he had to, didn't he? He's the only centre-half on the bench. To, to no, I mean, how did you find his performance? <laughs> oh, it was, uh, that was there for everyone to see one. That's what Lovren does in, in games like that. He gets too he emotional. Rem- and He reminded me of um, Kiriakos when we beat you 2-0. <laughs> Harsh on Kiriakos, <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, in that particular derby game when we beat you 2-0, that's what he reminds me. He just looked like an accident uh, waiting to happen. Yeah, well, it, he did, it was didn't embarrassing. He, he, he slipped when, when Richardson turns him and then when he managed to get back in, slipped again to let him get past again. It was just <laughs> just calamitous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was embarrassing. And I, I that makes it all the more matters. frustrating for us that we didn't capitalise on it. I know, I know exactly. He, he, he had a terrible, <laughs> a terrible half and <laughs> still managed to clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like if you should have had them mistakes in your in your back four, we'd have, we'd have scored. Of course, yeah. He should have definitely capitalised, but... So, nil nil, the right result. The right result for the podcast, so, yeah. isn't it? For, for, for the podcast, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a tough game to talk about, to be honest. Absolutely not happened, did it? I tell you what, though, for all the talking with Charles and did, he didn't get a sniff out of Van Dyke, did he? He was made up and Lovren come on because he could finally get out of his, uh, Van Dyke's pocket and, and move over to the other side. But, he um, sort of, it, the, the he very, very quiet. The very first he wasn't quiet. The first couple of minutes, he had he had the, the he won the header against Van Dijk, didn't he? Or sort of got there first, and I bet I thought, well, if anything's going to give him a bit of a kick up the backside to think he can have a go, it's going to be that winning the first challenge, and then got not on out of him. He also got through in the first half. There was a moment I said before we broke your press, and and he went through and tried to square it across. I'm not too sure whether that whether that was whether that was Van Dijk though that he beat, but there was a chance that he got in the first half. Yeah, it was Matt up that. Was it? <laughs> of course it was. Of Even course if it was. was, it was. <laughs> I thought he was he was busy. The Charleston. He's done a lot of running, like. Yeah, I thought he was bit busy, but he, I don't think he wasn't creating. Not on well. Okay, last one across the box on the left wing, but that's how, how bad of a game it was when you're clinging on to that. It's like, oh, he don't sort well, he, he, he created know. the chance. He created the, the first chance for Calvert Lewin that Allison saved and pushed onto Tom Davis. That was him again. Yeah, I that's think what I was saying. Again. Until Lovren come on at the end, and he was getting, he was definitely getting joy out of him. Like, um, but yeah, it's just a poor game. Liverpool's passing was well off for me. Well off. Um, Trent from from like free kick. The big one was Trent. Yeah, he, he was he was not on at all. Um, I, but all of them, it wasn't good. We did press what? Trent though. You know, we, we pressed him. We, we pressed him an awful lot. There was times where Henderson was helping him down the right, and we were leaving Henderson. And as soon as he squared it back to Trent, the press would would happen on Trent. Yeah, well, it just did. But at the same time, there was plenty of opportunities for him to get the ball in where he, he had time, piece. even off his dead ball situation. Yeah, he he um he just couldn't he just didn't have the, the the right boots on. He was he was he was well off with his passing. It was awful. I seen a few um a few outlets given sense man of the match 
<laughs> Buds, Budweiser, in fact, give him king of the match. <laughs> That's what they call it. He wasn't even the best right back in the, in the match. No. <laughs> Anyone who didn't give Coleman man of the match was didn't watch the same game. Yeah. Yeah, king of the match. I was like, what? Craig, I mean, Gary started... Before we leave, before we leave the derby, Gary said before about Anthony Gordon, I was quite shocked to see him play. I, I thought, you know, Bernard's may play. What do you make of Gordon's performance? He's a young lad, and he's been thrown into a big game. I didn't think he was... Obviously, he didn't do the creating, that which, which we'd want a winger to, to do, but I think it's pretty harsh, you know, to... To, to you know, slate him already. I thought I didn't think he was overly bad. You know, it wasn't from the for, for the ones that signed, but it, it was a quiet performance. But you know, we learned from that, and I'm not going to write him off just just based on, on on that game. No, you can't write anyone off based on one game. That'd be proper harsh. But he, he didn't really he didn't really get a look in, did he? You know, it, I think I think no, it got called on the commentary a couple of times as well, where he he sort of. It was like you you know you're in the big time now. When he, he was trying to linger on the ball a couple of times too much, and the press was there, and it just got so hot. And yeah, I think that maybe the occasion was a bit too big for him. Maybe the the caliber of, of opposition against him was too too much for him at the time. I don't know. I I think it was possibly the caliber because I, I think we did a few, a few things through the week that he was going to start, and at least from probably Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see him start because because of what we we like been told and heard. Um, so, but yeah, the, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a performance which you'll you know for the debut it, it probably won't resonate with him. You know, maybe as well as the West Ham game did because mm. he you know he put, featured for forty five minutes in that game and, and made a good so as a good account of himself. Yeah. But you know, it's a, it's a start under the belt and you know hopefully the start of the first of many. Well, Reds, before we do move on, me and Craig have indicated that a full, the full-time whistle, we were disappointed that we hadn't won that game. Would you say you were disappointed at full-time? Always disappointed not to win. Um, but based on the, the way the match went and, and the chances you had near the end, I think it was one of them where, well, we're a point closer to winning the league, so that, that'll do. Just get on to the Palace game now. I, I was disappointed in, in a performance that we put on. I thought we were well below yeah. par. Um, but but that that's to be expected. We were like Cop said, uh, we were there physically. We were there for the fight, and we were fit. You know, we were fit enough to play, but we just didn't have the quality um, on the night, and, and that was the disappointing thing. Didn't come away from it disappointed, thinking, oh, we've been adult, we've been robbed. We should, you know we deserve to win. It certainly don't think that. Yeah, for me, I think if, if anything's come out of the game for us, it, it's the need for a, a um, backup left back for Robertson, um, and then. Hmm. The um the the need for a, a better backup for the wingers for Mane or Salah if if we if we lose them for any length of time, um you know it's it it, it was evident there that we didn't have good enough backups you know I know Milner Milner's great you know he'll do a job for you and he and he's reliable but you, you we missed the directness of Robertson going down the left and the, the ability to you know sort of back up Mane and get into the box and whip, whip balls into the box giving Trent to Anne from the other side and things Joe and then like Gomez. we said earlier on so, Sorry, yeah, he's, he's, he's not a yeah he's not a full back though is he? he's a centre back so you know you'd no. often see that when if, if a centre back goes to full back it's, it's one of them that, that's why I mean 
it, yeah. it showed that we do need cover for Robertson if, if ever we, we have to go with, without him for a long period. And likewise with Salad or Marnie, because we, we obviously haven't got good enough cover for them either. We've been linked with the West Ham fullback there. He's, he's not signed a contract extension. Um, Arsenal fullback Sacco. I think that the Arsenal fullback Sacco. It's been we've been linked with him for a, a, like quite a while now, and he's. Um, I think he's indicated that he's not going to sign a, a new contract, so he's he's a uh, free to go as of next year. I think. Okay. Well, look, moving on from the derby, I think both sets of fans would for the, for the podcast that draws the perfect result for the conversation. There's there's not a lot of um banter and debate, but for us, it's nice to be able to sit down, have a beer, and not not want to front each other after lockdown. <laughs> Craig, one, one man who didn't make the bench yesterday, Umar Nias. We, we chose to put a second keeper on the bench ahead of Umar Nias, and there's rumours today that <laughs> both him and Kuko Martina won't be offered that, that one-month extension which Martin Stecklenberg got today. Are you surprised by that, considering how, how small the squad is? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the... Um... I think the uh, introduction of a second keeper on the bench is probably a better option up front than the ass anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, we, we've been trying to rush them out the door for the, the past five or six transfer windows, haven't we? The pair of them and with, with a few more. So, no, I, I think um, Umani Ass's novelty has, has well and truly worn out now, hasn't it? The Umani Ass novelty. <laughs> <laughs> Did did Kuko Martina ever get as far as having a novelty like Umar did? Um, that was, what that was a terrible, that... terrible signing that was. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he was a bit of a novelty as well. He, I think he just came with Cumin. He was part of the Cumin pack, weren't he? So, no, he definitely had nudes on the Cumins, him, didn't he? Definitely, Go yeah. with him. He, I don't think Cumin was a bad though. <laughs> <laughs> Another article that I want to speak about, and it's a good time to bring the Reds in as well, is Marcel Brands was speaking to the media this week, and he's basically said that it's it's not going to be a big summer for Everton um, to, to spend money. The financial fair players sort of got a grip on us at the moment, and he's also indicated that we should be looking across the park, if you will, at, at the model to follow in Liverpool. Some of his direct quotes here um, are, are basically, we want to strengthen the team in only one or two positions. We are no longer looking to attract crazy names. Carlo Angelotti is right behind this. And he's also said, looking across the park, Liverpool took five or six transfer windows to get it right. They were patient, and that's the model to follow. Craig, before we let the Reds gloat on that, yeah. first of all, do you agree with that? And second of all, are you happy to publicly hear your director of football saying them, them sorts of comments? Well, listen, they're... Um... They're in the position they're in, aren't they, Liverpool? And, you know, it's got to be the model for any football club to look at, really. Like you say, Liverpool have been patient and they have gradually improved um, league positions every single season that Klopp's been there. So I think to, you know, whether there are bitter rivals or not, you'd have sort of got to look at them and think that's where you want to be. Um, so, no, I'm, I, I looked at that and thought there's, there's, at least there's ambition there. You know, they, they, they might be our best arrivals, but, you know, you, you've sort of got to look at them and, and say, you know, it's a job well done there. What we've kind of done, though, we've gone out and bought, like, a, a brilliant player for each position. So, yeah, we're not buying all kinds of players in each window, but we're getting a pop once in each window, whether it be Van Dyke and Salah and building 
Sorry, I think we're having some audio problems again with <laughs> Phil. This is going to be a, it's going to be a hard edit for me tomorrow morning, Phil. <laughs> oh, look at Gary. Let's 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 bring you in then. With, with, with Phil saying there, um, the model that you followed, if you will, you've watched it over the past four or five years, especially under Jurgen Klopp, and it seems to have been every window you've got stronger. Yeah, it it's it, it's not been every window, and, and to be honest, at times you, you'll have seen all over Twitter it, it has been frustrating sometimes when you're seeing certain players who are coming available and you you're not even in for them as as as, as like the one of the biggest clubs at, at, at you know in in the world at the moment and winning getting to back to back Champions League finals winning one of them you know we're looking like we're walking the Premier League this year coming close to 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 winning it with a record point all last year against City um it, it it can be frustrating at times when you when you want to go and splash the cash and be be in the market for the biggest and best names but as we've seen now over the past four years or, or, or so with Klopp, it's it's not about getting the biggest and best players. It's about getting the right players into the right positions and who are going to fit into your squads and fit into how the manager wants to work and and things like that. So it's as I say, it can be frustrating in in, in the beginning, but if they get it right the way the way ours has and the way Klopp has, it's it's absolutely magnificent to watch. And I don't think now. When we get to transfer windows, you know we've just missed out on the, the likes of Timo Werner. I don't think that the, the the real supporters, shall I say, as opposed to the Twitter supporters, the, I don't think the real supporters are really questioning anything anymore. They're just it's one of them where you just accept it now and think, well, they know what's best for us. Look at look at the position we're in. As Craig said before, we're, we're here because of we're following a plan and following what our manager wants and what the club wants to do going forward. So, yeah, it's it's. I think any any club would be foolish not to look at us as the model because you know we we've done everything right. We're within all of the FFP uh, rules and things like that, and we we've done it we've done it remarkably. Craig, another comment here from from that article, and I was quite surprised at reading it. Is he says before Carlo signed for Everton, I knew where he'd been and what kinds of players he's usually buying. I wondered if he thought he would buy big again because we don't have them resources. But from day one. He's behind the project. Now, me personally, when Carlo Andretti came in, I seen a, a trio of players coming with them. You know, I, I saw the spending big. And to read that, I'm, I'm quite surprised. Yeah, it, well, it, it's, that surprises me because I thought the assurances Ancelotti would have had would, would have been a war chest. I thought that may have been the reason why, you know, he, he chose us ahead, ahead of Arsenal because I knew Arsenal wouldn't be in a position where they'd spend and, and he was linked with that job. Um, so yeah, that that really does surprise me. Whether it's all just a, a ruse for the, the um, for the for a bit for a big summer spend, I don't know. But um, yeah, that surprised me a, a lot, to be honest. But we all knew we've got to get players out. Was mm. being Everton, and one player who has gone already is Morgan Schneider. I think we've got around. Well, just touching on that. Sorry, before before you oh, do go on to that, just touching on that. That's another thing with with, with us. We've had players there who. Who were able to go? Do you know what I mean? Who were able to get big money for you? Look at Suarez. You look at Coutinho. Big money's coming for them, and we've managed to sort of rebuild our team and rebuild our squad, getting in some essential players, the likes of Van Dijk and Allison, who were essential. We needed that centre back to, to sort of steady ourselves as a defensive unit. We needed that goalkeeper because we couldn't rely on Mignolet or Carius anymore. You know, it's it's things like that that you's you's maybe maybe missing out out, out on as well because the only really big player of value you've got is maybe what Richarlison, and 
you don't really possibly want to Car- lose him. Possibly Calvert Lewin now, but we don't like you say our squad is is quite thin. I think I think you uh, get money for for Luca Dean as well. I think he'd fetch some money. Yeah, but by well, you would, but, but would you want to lose him? That's what I mean. If you start talking about okay, you'd get money for Dean, you'd get money for Richarlison, maybe Calvert Lewin. You're taking your, your three, arguably your three best players. But, but isn't that your point? Is, isn't that, isn't that what happened to you? You lost Luis Suarez, Philip Coutinho, Raheem Sterling. You you weren't losing like you're losing three of your best players there, but you've cleverly replaced them. Yeah, but we all we already had a, a, a squad of players there who were who were good players as opposed to not you've got like a, a lot of fringe players who you're having to play as your first 11 who you'd, you'd yeah, happily I, replace I think, I think when when they lost Coutinho did they have they already had the front three that they've got mm. now yeah when they lost him um, you know when they lost Suarez they, they, they broke Coutinho in um, no I think it is it's a you know if we lost our better players you know it would be I mean if we lost Dinier for, for instance We've got a thirty-seven-year-old Baines as 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 his replacement, and you know he's not he hasn't, any yet com- he hasn't yet committed either, has he, to to another year? No, no, not yet. I think he's been offered it. I think Martin Stecklenberg's been offered a month, and then Leighton Baines has been offered <laughs> a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's had ex- he's had express strikers. That is Stecklenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was saying they're both Snyder, so it looks like there, there's someone who's on big money, um, off the wage bill. Uh, we've got a small fee for him. I think it's rumoured to be between two and three million, which isn't a lot. But he was he was in his last year of his contract, and he's not set the world alight. Looking back at Morgan Schneiderlin's Everton career, first of all, do you think it's the right move to get him off? You know, off off the, the squad list, if you will. Yeah. And he started so brightly for me. How, how would you look back at his Everton career? Um, it was hit at the start and then missed for the rest. You know, he he, he shown mm. a, a few glimpses of the Morgan Schneiderlin at times. Of the Morgan Island we first signed in, in certain games or games here and there, but on the whole, I think he'd look back and probably be uh, really disappointed at, at his time at a big club like Everton that he, he couldn't. I thought you meant Manu then. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't really do it there, that's when he got rid of him. But you know, he had another chance at, at Everton and, and it, it, didn't, it hasn't worked out as well for him as, as um, he, he probably liked. Do you think it's the right move? I'm, I'm, I say that because it's such a small fee. He's not the world's best midfielder, but I think two million just feels a little bit low. Well, because have him for another year and just lose him for nothing. So you know, yeah, if we're going yeah. to lose him, whenever you know, it's you're not going to you're only going to get some change for him anyway. So no, I, I think it's um, the right move just to get him get him off. It it, 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 it become a bit stale. It could become a bit stale watching him. I think the relationship between between us as fans and him had just become so strained, hadn't it? He, he could come in and play well for three or four games, and as soon as he has a bad game, a, we were talking yeah, about the, the bad, bad game rather than the the seven out of ten performance he'd had the week before, yeah. and that's that's mm. what it was. He, he never really set set the world alight at Everton, and not many mid, set well midfielders like him do set the world alight. But they, they offer a job, they offer a bit of endeavour, a bit of you know a bit of grit, and for. 80% of the time at Everton, he never did. Mm. Gary, we did say at the start of the show that there, was, there wasn't much Liverpool news in relation to transfer rumours, ins or outs, if you will. Does that, does that not, not worry you, worry is the wrong words, but are you quite surprised that there's, there's sort of nothing and not even outs? Um, maybe a little bit. I, I, still think I still think there'll be some of the, some of the sort of distant fringe players leaving us um, 
you know, I think Lalana's only been extended till till the end of this, the, you know, the the end of this mm. season. Um, I'd be surprised if Lovren stays because he's he knows he's he's fourth choice centre back, and the way what he thinks of himself, he thinks he should be playing every week. So. I think he'll even want to go if knowing that he's not going to play for Liverpool. So I think you're you're, you're likely to see him leave. What about um, your Harry Wilsons and stuff? Would that would that be made permanent? Do you think deals like that? I think I think Shakiri's. I think that's is a common knowledge now that he's lo- he's looking elsewhere and, and we're happy to let him go. Um, I'm sure I've, I've read that in the past that he will be moving on this this summer. Uh, Harry Wilson, I think with, with losing Jakiri, he might he might give him a go to start of the start of preseason next year and and see what he's about and see if he's going to be able to be integrated into the team before we make a final decision on him. Um, but he, he's he has stepped up wherever he's gone, hasn't he? He's, he's been able to, you know, adapt to whatever whatever team he's playing in, whatever league he's playing in. So, you know, it, it's it's the ball's in his court. I I think for for Liverpool, with Liverpool. Um, See how we see how he performs once he comes back to us and trains with us, and and see how he holds up against our team to whether he's going to get a, a new deal or whether he'll be moved on. In terms of incomings, I, I don't I don't see us making many. I think they've they've basically said, haven't they, that we're not really we're not really in the market because because of the you know asking the players to sort of take a cut and then going out and spending sixty million on a on a new player and it's it's sort of not right. You want to look after who you've got at the, at the club now and. It, like I said earlier on, we don't really question them anymore because they, they've done this before and, and we've gone on to new levels again with, with the same group of players. And if we manage to do that again this time, then there's absolutely no stopping us. But at, at times, it does feel like a missed opportunity because we're, we're never going to be more attractive as a club as we are right now. You know, Klopp's recently signed a new deal, you know, the start of last season. Um, we're, we're flying in the Premier League. We, we got to two Champions League finals in a row, won one of them. It, at the moment, we are a very attractive outfit to be to be coming to. So, at times, as I say, it does look like a bit of a missed opportunity to to strengthen again. But I, I know if if Phil can get in here, I know what he'd be saying. How do you strengthen this team? It, it's that it's that strong, and that the eleven is that strong. But for me, you, you need to you need to try and progress each year. And we we have managed to do that under Klopp, even without signing big players like last summer. We only I think we only brought in Adrian last summer, didn't we? Um, so I, I, we we still did strengthen even without bringing players in, but I just feel like now we've got to a point where the the battle for the for the main eleven is it, it's showing in certain games, and, and I think yesterday was one of them. Phil, I think you're you're, you're back in now. We're having some audio problems with Phil, but, but would you concur with what Gary was saying there? That the the to sort of back up for the eleven, it's it's starting to show, and this preseason there's a good chance to maybe change that round. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool have got to be a bit lucky in terms of who gets injured and stuff at the moment. Um, and obviously, for me, this is a season where we should have gone on and done bigger things in the other cup competitions as well. So that's one area where we've seen that the strength and depth affect us. Um, I think, for me, we need uh, you know a number of backups. We need to in, in, in improve the strength and depth. But I want us to do it in a financially stable way. And... Uh, you know, if that means we can't do it at the moment and we have to wait till next January or something, I'm, I'm more than happy. With, I'm more than happy with that. I want it means more when you when your clubs run in a sustainable, intelligent way than if you just throw money at it and being reckless. I don't even want to win like that. <laughs> I I want to win the noble <laughs> way. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. 
I do. I, I don't. I'm. I'm glad Noble that we don't. I don't want Liverpool to win the league by some billionaire coming in. You just like, uh, you know, the way City are doing it and Chelsea are doing it. I don't want to win the league like that. Like Man City. No, no, nobody. You don't want to sign Mbappe then, Phil? No. <laughs> yeah, but not not unless we sell a few. I can't see you, by the way, on the screen. So just for the listeners' sake, it's really awkward for me. Um, that's why I'm being a little bit quiet in this episode. We are recording via Zoom. Um, obviously, we're all in lockdown, and Phil's got some. So I think Phil's paid the bill in full. I think he's, got a, 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 he's, he's on what they call an arrangement with his internet provider, so it's shown. <laughs> Definitely. Well, let's let's move on to more football this week. We're recording this on on, on Monday evening, and in two more in two days' time, there's there's two more games. Craig, we kick off at six o'clock. Let's let's cover those first. Norwich away. Um, they're absolutely rubbish. So that says to me, one 0 Norwich. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, two 0 <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, watching watching them the other night against um, Southampton. If if we don't turn them over, then you know after the way we've you know performed against Liverpool, mm. if we can't go to Norwich and, and turn them over, then we might as well just jack it in. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well because they they were poor, really poor against Southampton. Yeah. That could have been about seven or eight nil. They were just in, you know, all types of trouble at the back. Um, yeah, I think we've got to go there and beat them. What, what do you reckon team-wise? I mean, two two games in such a short space of time. Would you like to see someone like a, a Moisekina come in, maybe, or Bernard? I think Bernard definitely. I think for, for Anthony Gordon, um, mm. I'd, I'd definitely have him. Maybe an opportunity for Baines to come in at left back for for Dinier. Good shout. And uh, um, like you say, players haven't had a lot of football. We didn't have um, any of the uh, the pre. So I want to say pre-season games yeah. that, that Liverpool had. They had like two or three, and we we yeah. didn't have any. So uh, yeah, no, I think match practice will be important for Everton. They will have a week after after this um, to to prepare for the next game. But so yeah, I think the likes of Bernard Baines. Um, but midfield options are very limited now, aren't they? With, with of yeah. course, with Snyderland going and the injuries to Delph and Gabamon, so it, it will be hard for us to make a lot of wholesale wholesale changes. I think it's a shame, that isn't it, with midfield? Because you look at Andre Gomez, who's came back from having like one leg, and you'd ideally <laughs> want to take him out, would you? And give and give like a Fabian Delph, you know, sixty minutes, seventy minutes, and we're restricted. Maybe Gilby Sigurdsson comes in. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Is he someone to play as a number ten in a game like this and, and try and get further up the pitch than what we did on Sunday? He might. He might be someone to to play a little bit deeper. To be honest, if if you're going to give a Gomez or a Davis a, a, a blow, but I don't. I think with the the season restarting, I don't think players w- will want to. Us certainly the midfield, the the central midfield. I don't think they, they'd welcome a rest. Mm. But I, I can see him replacing a few players, and I think I think the, probably the only one he will replace will be Bernard for um, for Gordon. I'd go with that. I'd, I'd like to see Bernard. I wanted to see Bernard play. Well, from the start on on Sunday in, in the derby, but especially when we got a sort of foothold on the game, I wanted Bernard to come in a lot earlier and, and drive us yeah. up the pitch. And I think if Norwich, fresh from a beating against Southampton, I think they could be up for it, and I think they could go for us. And I think it's very it, it's important for us to have someone who can drag us forward 10, 15 yards at pace, and Bernard could be that player for me. Well, well Bernard will get a lot of joy on, on the left-hand side because they're... they're uh, Fullbacks like to play very high. They're yeah. not like fullbacks; they like wing backs. Well, wing forwards because they don't really get 
Bach, Lysens against Southampton. Just to say wing forwards, that's like when the Reds call for me, and he was a defensive striker. <laughs> no, well, like, they, don't, they don't seem to get back. They get caught a lot on the... the and they, they are good athletic players that they've got on, on the, in the full-back positions, but defensively, they, they are frail. Mm. And it's weird, off topic a little bit. It's on BBC One and BBC Two, isn't it? On, on Wednesday, the yeah. first half's on BBC Two, and then the Gardening Show or something takes over and we're on BBC One. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, just gonna I say, I might watch on. that Gardening Show. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the first half. You can have a few options just to keep Channel Two on. Oh look! Any any blues who are looking to watch that? It is on terrestrial TV this week. It's on uh, BBC One and BBC Two at six o'clock. Look, Craig, let's let's do predictions. I'll I'll start us off. I think if we if we do rotate one or two, Wood Manty and Gilfie Sigurdsson and Bernard come back in. I think if we do that, maybe even Leighton Baines, like you said, I think we can blow them away. I'll go three and eleven. I'll go for me trusty three one. <laughs> that, I, that, I, that I haven't been able to trust this season. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> that come in once for you yet? I don't know. Probably not. I think you got it one week, yeah. didn't you? Did I? Gary, it's, it's, it's tough really to ask you about the game on Wednesday because we don't know what's going to happen in relation to Man City. Yeah, I think they're only playing Burnley, aren't they? I can't see anything but a Man City win there. Well, let's go on that basis then. Let, let's go on the basis that you can't win the league on Wednesday. Would you still go full full eleven and go and get three points, or is it a good chance? Yeah, is a good chance to maybe rotate, as Klopp alluded to after the game yesterday. Well, I think I think he's going to rotate anyway, and he, as you said, he sort of he sort of half mentioned it then. So I think we'll we will look at some changes. It's it's mainly we can't really afford to change anywhere but the midfield. So you're probably looking at Oxley Chamberlain will start. You know, Wayne Alden will start. Mo Salah. Um, well, that depends yes. on... Sa- Sa- Robertson will be back in, I think. Well, it depends, doesn't it? It's going to depend on how the, um, how the train, isn't it, before it? They're going to have, obviously, days to see what they're like in the run-up to it. So, if they, if they manage to, to prove themselves, then, yeah, they'll, they will play. And there's no doubt about that. But if not, then they won't. It's as simple as that. He, he's shown that he's, he's not willing to risk them if they're not 100%. Would the team be different, Gary, on Wednesday night if City dropped? Would there be less rotation and let's get this done? I don't think so, no. I think he knows he knows full well that with eight games to go, there's not really a chance that we're not winning the league now. I'd be, it'd be the absolute most calamitous breakdown of, of all time if, if, we, if we managed to mess this our, up. Our, view, our listeners cannot, cannot see Craig's face <laughs> on Zoom right now. Hands together in the <laughs> position. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about it today. At, like, I'd actually go to church when he'd be open. <laughs> if that happens, it'd just be the funniest thing in the world. And like when we say when we say oh. that's Everton, that would be Liverpool, wouldn't it? <laughs> you could never say that's proper Everton ever again if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it, I think I think that's the case with us now. It, it's more five points to go with with eight games left. So I don't think there'll be much different. I think he'll probably already know what his team's going to be for Wednesday, barring any injuries in the train in the run-up. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll know what he's going to play, and that'll be it. So I, I think there will be some rotation. I don't think there'll be. I still think you'll see probably a Mane for me, you know, Van Dijk, you know, the the mainstays of the team. Um, but yeah, the the ones that we normally see rotating throughout the season will be the ones that that do. Well, Benteke one nil, isn't it? <laughs> No, no. I think um, what I would really like to happen is 
if, if we if we do Palace and then I can actually see Chelsea doing City. Um, so that means that when we play City, the league will already be won then and we'll come out to a guard of honour from City. So a, pa- a passing over from them. So I think that would be really nice for it to happen that way from a, from a Liverpool perspective. Would it be your new profile picture on WhatsApp, Raheem Sterling clapping your out as champion? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, rec- I don't reckon they'd play Sterling for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about, the, yeah, game, talking about the game itself, Palace are actually doing very well. I think they've won the last... That's three or four. And Roy Hodgson was saying that's the first time it's happened in their history in the Premier League. If you also they're doing quite well. Is it a dangerous game? Are you looking are you looking at that maybe too too easily? Palace are not, not the worst team in the world. Well, we all know Phil's thoughts on Palace, don't we? They've got players with moments <laughs> yeah. of magic. <laughs> yeah. For any of our any of our new listeners who weren't listening last season. Phil did identify Crystal Palace as a team full of players who could produce, was it Gary, moments of magic? Of magic. <laughs> yeah, and it was true because I think the week after I said that, that was when they went, it was they went on to beat City <laughs> and it was the absolute Townsend moments of magic from, from Townsend and, and, yeah, and Zaha. So I was proven exactly right when I said that last time. <laughs> but no, they, they, they're looking really efficient. I'll be playing at the moment and it, it is going to be a tricky game and I think if we play like we did against Everton then you know there's a good possibility we're getting beat there so and don't forget we, we haven't been great before the break as well so it's time to pick it up again listen when you're when you're talking about Premier League games on any given day every game every game in the Prem can be our game you know the, the teams are in the Premier League for a reason alright there might be some that fall at, you know fall quite limply towards the end of it and, and you know they drop out with quite a few games to go but any team on the day can cause problems for any other team. You know, it, it only takes us to be at, at 85, 90% and Palace to be at 100%. And, you know, it's, it, it will become a difficult game. But there's no doubt about it. If, we're, if we play to what our capabilities, we, we turn them over. Go on then. Predictions, Liverpool v Palace. Um, looking at the derby and, and looking at how Palace are, I, I do think we'll win, but I, just, I don't think it'll be as convincing as what I expected the derby to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go two two nil. Phil, yeah. So I took a bit of stick on last week's episode by saying Klopp doesn't like to play Salah against Everton, um, and you know, lo and behold, he didn't play. Now he played the weekend before, and I guarantee he'll play against Palace and Robertson will as well. And I think with Salah and Robertson back in the team, it's a very different side. Uh, so I think they will come back in on Wednesday. I'd put money on that, and I think we'll turn them over 2-0. <laughs> turn them over 2-0? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Yeah, comfortably. comfortably uh, turn them over 2-0. I was expecting a 6-0 or something there when he said uh, turn yeah. them over. We'll have Salah no. back, we'll have Robertson <laughs> back, 2-0. <two> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're not playing very well the minute so you know that, that a 2 0 a nice comfortable 2 0 would, would be great to see getting back in slowly getting back into it okay look we'll put all the predictions as well as our friends of the podcast ex-players and celebrities their predictions as well will also be on across the park pc on instagram and um, we've got no social media questions this week simply because we knew the derby was only yesterday and we, we didn't want to you know presume that we could answer them all so we'll invite some more questions on twitter for next week's show which will be next monday on across the park pc on twitter um as far as the emails and 
quote comments that we're getting a lot in relation to across the park extra. I know Judgy did say last week we had recorded some. Um, being completely honest with you, what we do do is we give it to the guests and let them approve it first. So a few of those are pending, but one that will be out this week, we're looking at Thursday. It's going to be an Everton FC one with the most successful captain that we've ever had, Mr. Kevin Ratcliffe himself and Judgy sat down with Kevin over Zoom and it was a, an amazing show. I mean, he talks about the 80s, he talks about Everton now, so some great stories, even that wasn't on Howard's way. So, you know, we'd love to, you know, any Evertonians to download that and give us some feedback on it. Um, Liverpool, we've got three across the park extras that are due to be released. But what we are thinking is that with the impending Liverpool as champions, I, I think the guys are going to, the, the Reds are going to do some extra content for you on that. So we don't want to rush it too much. But what we will say is we have recorded three um, one with Ricky Lambert, one with Gary Gillespie, and also with the boxer David Price. Now, Gary, you done Ricky Lambert and, and you came back smiling. You, you enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, very much. So it was me and Phil. Yeah, we uh, after the after the speeding podcast we did a few weeks earlier. You know, we got some really good feedback. So we sort of went with the same same sort of setup and you know same research we done for speeding. We done the same for Lambert, and it worked a treat again. Me and Phil, a pair of us, came off it. We we really enjoyed the show, and he told us some some really interesting stories about his career and and when he got to Liverpool, what it meant to him. You know, all the different milestones in his life, and and it was it was just it was a great it was great to hear. Hear it from his side, and you know I recommend it to all Liverpool fans to listen. It, it, it really is a great, yeah. great show. There's some there's some juicy bits in there as well about what um, Balotelli was actually like on the training pitch, and some beefy, you know, some arguments he had with uh, Rodgers, and all little juicy bits like that. And how Gerard felt when he was on the bench against Man U, because um, yeah, because Lambert was sitting next to him on the bench. There's all kinds in there like that. So it, it was a fascinating listen for us. Phil, you also record with Gary Gillespie. What can our listeners expect of Gary Gillespie podcast? Oh, yeah. Gary speaks so well. He's obviously on Liverpool FC TV at the moment, so he's used to it in the media and all that, and he speaks really well. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. And he, he talks about all kinds of things. You know, the, the man's won three uh, league titles for Liverpool. He's won European Cups. He's been managed by um, Paisley, Fagan, Daglish. He's met Shankly. He was in with the boot room, all that type of era. So he, he's. He, but what what was really interesting was the changing over of the managers, how that come about, and what it was like when the new manager come in. Whether that you know, because he was there eventually. I think up until Sooness took over. Um, Sooness who got rid of him, um, which Sooness was highly criticised for actually at the time for moving him on too early. So it's all the insight into into the likes of all that type of stuff and. You know, time flew when I was on that podcast, when I was doing that podcast with him. I think it's about a 90-minute show, but time flew for me when, when I was doing it because I was I was f- thoroughly engaged in, in, in the stories that he was sharing. So I think that will come across to our listeners as well. Yeah, well, like I said, we're going to play the release dates by ear in relation to the Red podcast because obviously we know, we know what's coming up. I did sit down with, with Terry, one of the Reds on the show. I spoke to David Price as well. Um Boxer loved by anyone in the city, blue or red. I was I was delighted to speak to David Price, and he spoke all things about similar to Tony Bellew, his, his boxing career, what's next, what's been and gone, and and also he, he talked about his love for Liverpool as well. So any any Reds who's going to listen to that, not only Reds, Blues, boxing fans, that that's a great one as well. And um, me and Craig had also been very close negotiations with a Blue, an ex striker from the nineties, and I hope me and Craig are going to sit down with a Blue very shortly. 
Um, as you all know, guys, we don't want to say who it is because things could happen, but we're very close to, to talking to a blue who scored in the Merseyside derby in the 90s as a big hint for We're hoping <laughs> to get that one as well. <laughs> That, that narrows it down, doesn't it? Not in the 90s, Gary. Not, not, in, the, not, not in the 90s. It doesn't. We were flying in the 90s. Yeah, we, hey, we got a lot of scores in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, boys, I think that brings us to the end of the show. We've covered all things. The Merseyside Derby, we've covered the next few games. We've had some some you know rumours to talk about. As always, absolute pleasure to, to Zoom with you guys. Looking forward to getting back in the studio with a few beers, but... Guys, thanks for listening. We hope you're all staying safe out there in this crazy world. And we're back next week. Enjoy the football. See you then.